forgetfulness you, you don't and get to we forget tear it. it up yeah you can take it but you don't get to forget it but when we <laughs> realize that we do wow that's big pastor you're not supposed to talk until the host introduces <laughs> you <laughs> nothing's the same anymore no. or all the time hello everyone hi hello. you are now listening to Deeper portals. <laughs> I am your host today, Anise, and of course, I have alongside me the senior leadership of Torque the York, starting with Pastor Nathan Cassis. Hello. <laughs> Pastor Tony Cassis. Greetings, everyone. And Dr. Robin Cassis. Hi, guys. You know, if you've just come in, it's not forgive and forget. No, it's, it's not. forgive and forsake. Give it up. Here on Portals, you know, <laughs> things are just... It goes with the flow here. We forgive here. each other. And we forgive we each blo- other. Bl- these we, bloopers. We make we have bloopers and and fun times, and we just let the Holy Spirit do what He wants to do unapologetically. So, with that being said, we have already spent an hour with our Portals live viewers, which has been such an amazing, amazing treat. If you don't follow us on Facebook already, you should. You should. You know, we don't really. You know. We appreciate Facebook for this aspect. Let's say that. So for the meantime, while we are in our still appreciation phase of Facebook, you can uh, like us on our Facebook page. (laughs) Until we cut them off. (laughs) Keep this up and we'll cut them off. Right. We haven't purpose in our heart to forgive Facebook yet. So you can still like us. You have time to still like us on our Facebook platforms. But we are, you know, transitioning our content to our Torque TV platform. So you can have unlimited access of all the shenanigans, bloopers, fun, deep theology, everything. And we don't have to use code words. And we don't have to use code words. We can, you know... Point fingers if we need to, yeah, like you do, Dr. Robin. If we need to. We say can words. say things like pandemic. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, but with that being said. And we could say things like try some instead of. I don't get any word. <laughs> what? I don't get what you're saying, but <laughs> you're using code words. It scared me what you just said. It's but to I do with you, your hassle with bi weekly. Oh, yes. Um, Buy some. Okay. Oh, okay. Some. <laughs> you know what? This is going left again. Okay. All right. So, no, we we are having such a great quality of life up here on Portals. We are. And with that being said, we, we were just, again, wrapping up a sub-portal, which is still, you know, a factor into what we're going into. Because Pastor Tony led us in an amazing 
sermon, flesh burning, appropriate time about the Holy Spirit and our comforts. And it was just all exposing me oh, in the back. So good. But it was so good. So, Pastor thank Tony, you, if you don't you. mind kicking us off with that summary. Well, i got to give honor to where it's due. Both uh, Pastor Nate and Dr. Robin introduced me to the concept of uh, false comfort. Uh, when we go to other things rather than Holy Spirit for filling voids in our lives, we actually get ourselves into addictive, compulsive behavior patterns. And so I was sharing in the morning and evening services today that um, the Holy Spirit wants to be the first port of call when we feel there's a hole or a, a, a missing, empty spot uh, usually the result of disappointment. And so my angle was how do we comfort ourselves when we are disappointed? And unfortunately, most of us resort to worldly ways, eating, drinking, shutting down, sleeping, um, getting on the internet, getting your mind off the pain of the disappointment or the rejection. And all these um, measures end up becoming worse for us than making us better at all. And so they're simply said, they're like a shot in the arm. They're temporary fixes for eternal problems. And um, I believe what I shared helped the church because many of us have to now go to the Lord and say, well, show me where I'm getting comfort from from a temporary source. And... Um, I quoted I quoted out of Jeremiah uh, in the evening service. Jeremiah said from the Lord that my people have, have committed two evils. Number one, they have forsaken me for their man-made dumb idols. And then, then he says they have uh, rejected me as the fountain of life and they have built for themselves cisterns, broken cisterns that cannot hold any water. And, and I believe when we go to something other than the Lord for comfort, we're drinking out of a broken cistern. It's, it's broken. All it's going to produce is more brokenness. Oh, the gosh. only time brokenness is healed is like Pastor Nate mentions, everything we need will not be met unless we get it from Jesus. Our sexual needs, our physical needs, our emotional needs, our spiritual needs, it all has to come from Jesus. He designed it that way. You know, and this is the way Adam was before he fell. He, he was relying on the power and the life of God to sustain him. And unfortunately, when he, when he claimed his independence, that life force was cut off. Thank God for Jesus, because in Jesus it's, it's re, reconnected. Yeah, I love what the Holy Spirit was doing in that moment because um, it definitely was, I, I don't want to say it was a lot going on, but things were happening. <laughs> and it's just like how the Holy Spirit brought it up, even within myself, mm. of just instantly you were like, it's like I think you started listing some things that, and it was like instant connections, like, oh, like, my goodness. For instance, disappointment can come by you not getting a promotion, yes, getting laid off at work. Having a friend betray you, um, maybe your investments, your plans in God went nowhere. And you said if 
the Lord didn't heal you yet was a big disappointment. Maybe you that was expected good. a healing. Now mm-hmm. the doctors are saying they can't heal you. There's so many things that can d- disappoint a person during the course of every day. Yeah. And so what ha- what I really felt is important is when we accumulate these disappointments and they end up becoming offenses against God and people. And so if we don't deal with the offense every day, we should start every day with no debts owing to us and we not owing God any debts. Do you understand what I'm saying? Yes. Forgiveness is the debt I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. Um, forgive your brothers and your sisters and then the Lord will forgive us. See? If we hold something, and this is why we were talking about forgiveness in the start, Pastor, because it's a debt, it's actually a form of debt. When someone has offended us, we spiritually have written out an IOU to that poor person, subconsciously thinking, you owe me respect, you owe me affection, you owe me um, whatever it is you feel they owe. You're going to hold that debt against them mm-hmm. until you release it to God. And he's going to basically say, well, I have released you from your debt to me. Now I want you to pass on that same grace to your brother. Release them from the debt you owe them. Mm. Otherwise, we're committing that evil of that unmerciful servant who was forgiven like a million-dollar loan. Forgiven much. And then he went and got his friend who owed him a 100 bucks, and because his friend couldn't pay it, he put his friend in jail for a 100 bucks. And the master said, you wicked servant, Look at all that I forgave you. Shouldn't you have forgiven your brother? And this should talk to our hearts because we get offended at the littlest I'm of things. I think it comes down to um, it's really important the first step because it's not taught in the church. You know, we're just told to forgive, but it's never given a process of how to do this. Never. You know, why it works and how it works is my big forte with the Holy Spirit. Pastor has all his points and the process of how it works. But mine is is always why it works and how it works. And so the thing that is so important is engaging your heart and your head together in this, your mind, engaging them both. So your heart desires to do it, then it rolls over to you make a decision to do it. Some people try to make a decision to do it and bring their heart into line with it. Well, it doesn't work that way. Your heart has to engage it first. It has to be. It has to be the desire to really stir in the heart. Then the head will come in as partnership in this, you know, your mind. Okay, I desire, Now now I decide. I purpose now. To do it, which is another thing because it's the action. Purposing means it goes beyond desiring and, and mm. you know, making a decision. You purpose it. 
You, you do follow it. it through. Yeah, you follow it. And you pastor, this goes back through. to what we talked last week about the hyper versus the heightened. I actually had to write a paper this week on what would you say is the main point that's the difference between hyper emotion and heightened emotion. Yeah. Because both are expressions of emotion. And um, praise God, he led me and I got a A on it. So thank you, Lord. But what the Lord showed me is heightened emotion always leads you past the desire to express. It leads you into the decision to move from sympathy to empathy. Heightened yes. emotion always yes. leads you yes. out of the emotion being about you to an action yes. of love or an action of that expression towards someone else. Well, Come it, on, this it, is important. This this is also tied up with, uh, you know, the heightened emotion. It's always about more than you. Yes. It's got to be more than Because love is more than one. Could, yeah. could, more may, than you. If I may, Pastor. Wait there. Let me finish this because it's important. And we think forgiveness really just stays with us. But in this, with your emotion, when it's heightened, it involves more than you. It involves God. It involves God's will. It involves God's way. And it involves God in this totally yeah. word is will and his way mm. it's part of that and so we tie emotion too much up with ourselves we tie it up way too much with ourselves there there's a place of emotion that god's involved in which is why i was going to ask you Pastor, what Nate was saying earlier about the hyper emotion is more revolving around you, but you said to process it correctly. Can you repeat what you said just prior? So what you did to repeat I it. I said when you process it. emotion, like um, one of the papers I wrote this week was, what's the main point yeah. that would be the difference between hyper and yes. heightened? Because both are expressions of emotion. Yeah, but then you said. But how I said I the main it. point that I realized and that I pointed out, um, and the Lord showed me was. The hyper-emotion keeps the emotion within yourself about what you're going through, about what you're experiencing, whereas heightened emotion, because God is love, he can never keep it to just one person. So the heightened emotion is, rather than hyper-emotion would be sympathy, but heightened emotion would be empathy, which is love in action. So sympathy is, oh, I feel sorry for that person, but really you just and you have remorse for them, but it, it goes nowhere. It stays within you and your head mm -hmm. and your thoughts about that person, you know? And that's why, you know, those uh, in the, the parable of the, the Samaritan, so they could walk by and be like, uh, you know, I sympathize with you, but it's I don't have enough for it to move me to do something. Wow. Mm. But it was the actual Samaritan that moved out of the sympathy and out of the self-righteousness and moved into, hang on, my heart is moved so much so that it's going to move me to be to action. in action. And mm. empathy is not just looking and feeling sorry or connecting no. on a level of emotion. Right. Empathy is uh, going beyond that point to that heightened place where you are ready to walk with that person in that oh, emotion, which wow. connects God into that threesome. You, the person, and God. And one thing that I pointed out in my paper, which was a pretty like strong stand to point out, but I went for it. It took some faith. I said that if Jesus, 
he could have, in his own anger with what he saw at the temple, if he had kept it within himself, that anger had the chance, the enemy, to fester that anger in his emotional state Mm-hmm. And it could have gone to a wrong place because he was a human. But he allowed his, in his heightened human in his human state. state. But he allowed the heightened emotion to lead him to an expression of action out because it was God's anger that he was feeling towards his people for turning his house into something that it was never meant to be. And so even that removed just from him keeping it within himself and it moved it to an action that went out. And this is what usually heightened emotion is. It's an action that comes out. And sometimes the action is not always a positive emotion, meaning like the love or the compassion or the empathy. It could be be some righteous anger. It could be righteous anger. It could be a righteous rebuke. It could be, you know, because if you keep that within yourself. An adjustment. It can be aligning. But the thing is that we have to remember, Pastor, is that we see Jesus um, so much as sometimes it's automatic with him. No, he went through processes because that was important to God that he be all man and all God. He had to do this. He had to. So he had to have the choice to be emotional. It wasn't just automatic. He was not going to be emotional. He made the choice. He purposed in his heart to do the Father's will. Mm. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. And so we we got to see this. This is important. And that's going to bring us into our other subject because we really need to come into that. So why don't you hit that and bounce it off because we're flying tonight. Yes, Spotify listeners, we're just going to take a short break um, before we go into our uh, deeper topic on this vein of thought. Um, So, yeah, check in with the Holy Spirit. See what these areas are coming up um, within yourself. Journal about them. We encourage that strongly. Um, And stay tuned. Hi, everybody. It's Pastor Nate here again. I seem to be the one that brings you all the cool announcements. Not. Anyway, two announcements. We have Dipping Night resuming its relaunch for 2021 in person. That's right. We're coming back and we're being in person again, face to face, shoulder to shoulder, rubbing on each other in a godly way, in a safe church way. So uh, if you would like to join us in person, registration for this will be online. It will be released this week, the first week of March, and then it will be available for the other events that will take place in person. There will be a new format, some new things introduced because we're changing things up. But as always, we are doing things in flow with the Holy Spirit, following His lead and making sure that we give you the best and helping you to understand the voice of God and how to you know, partner with you and see God's plan fulfilled for your life. So Dippy Night is that place that you need to come to if you want to hear God speak to you. You can sign up now by visiting dippingnight.talk.org. Don't matter what country you're in, what location, if you can't do it in person, you can also do it online. There's more information at talk.org or dippingnight.talk.org. Go there now and be a part of what God's doing. Come on. 
I must say, I really enjoy, thoroughly enjoy these relationship topics. Cause they're, I mean, they always can be relevant, but just not even just for ourselves and just to indulge on how I could be the better me and be, you know, all this other stuff. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> wow. It's not that, but it's, it's great to understand Jesus life. And cause you know, it's always put so cliche, be more like Jesus. Okay. Well, how do we do that? You know? So I, I love these relationship talks when we relate to one another, the way Jesus did and use him. Cause I think, um, use him as the greatest example. Cause I know for me personally, growing up in church, he was always so far fetched to attain. Like there was always a reaching yeah, out to distant. be like, yes, like, yeah. uh, you gotta be like a deity, but you're human. So how do you do that? You know? Mm. Um, so I love these relationship, uh, type of dynamics cause you guys are really, um, teaching us on how to be more like Jesus, be more like Christ. And it's attainable. It's not a far fetched airy fairy cliche that we can hold on to. It's a legit lifestyle, which is becoming more and more prevalent and real especially in these times where we need him the most. Well, I think that when we are going to bring this subject out tonight, it, it's tied up with science mm -hmm. and, and how God created our bodies to work and why certain things work and why certain things go wrong. So in doing that, there's no one quite like to bring the science of it in this group than Pastor Nate's. Mm -hmm. So we'll hit that and then we'll come in with lots of things. Go for it and you can kick it away. You so can yeah, um, what I was um, writing on, there's Kingdom Coffee, my beautiful wife. Um, what I was writing on this week was understanding the true meaning of the word eternal and understanding what eternal life really means. And... Um, uh, the key scripture that the Lord was showing me and that we were studying were, was um, Luke 17, verse 20, where Jesus says, The kingdom of God does not come with observation, nor will they say, See here or see there. For indeed, the kingdom of God is within you. And basically, um, now I, first I'll preface this by saying, This is not, I am not advocating kingdom now concept of god meaning the thousand year reign we're in the thousand year reign where the kingdom of god uh is literally on the earth the new jerusalem now because there's a theology that goes on out there that's kingdom now and it's very very um you know kind of assumption to do with faith and so i'm not advocating that i'm quoting you the words of jesus jesus says the kingdom is within you but i want to dissect that a little bit more because I had to, again, I had to write a paper, and these are words from my paper. I'm not going to read. I'm going to read what I wrote because I believe it ties in with the communion with God. But there's a statement here. It and says, also abiding in Yeah, it's right. all there. It's all coming out of me, what you've put in. Um, it says, those who look to the future for an external appearing of the kingdom of God are missing the true quality of life that they can be enjoying right now. Yeah. All right? They have already missed the appearing of the kingdom. And... This is really important to dissect the word eternal because if you do a root study on the word eternal, I have it here. I might actually even plug, uh, publish this paper as a blog for that people be to very read. Good. Um, because I got an A plus for it. So, and I'm not 
I'm just saying that shows that the person that's grading agreed and said this was a you know important take on seeing. She it. was a professor. Yeah. Uh, well, he actually. And he. Um, so, I'll just read a, a paragraph and then I'll explain it if that's all right, Pastor. Go. Um, so it says here. It's called The Pursuit of Life, my paper. It says, everything we have read, prayed, seen and heard has brought us to this very moment. I have discovered the journey of the heart and what true eternal life means. It's more than a time frame or life lived around events. It's about having abundant life, which is Jesus right now. Jesus said, I have come so that you may have life and life abundantly. All right, so and that's misquoted. This is and all misquoted. misunderstood because when you look at the outskirts and the outside of something, you look around. Your observation is well, like this. Where's the abundant life? I'm not receiving this. I'm not receiving that. They're always outside investments and that events. you want and events. Yeah. Always, always, you judge everything by the outside events. Yeah. To to fulfill this scripture. And what's funny is that if we go back to where it all started, and this is the this was the premise of what I quoted in this um, uh, paper, the Lord never wanted us to know life. Now catch this. Oh, this is simple. Outside of Jesus. Whoa. Let that land. Let Jesus that did not. <laughs> Pastor, Jesus did not come as a result of, of sin. Oh my goodness. No, no, no. Now, that's what I'm saying. I'm he placed to. a tree in the middle of the garden, yes. the tree of life, and everything around the garden was centered around that tree. tree. Jesus has been the focal point of life From before sin entered. Yeah, and, and, and if people would get this pastor, let me just throw back from please, you, please. pass it back. And if people would just get this, then their relationship with Jesus would this is totally it. change. So from because he's not a sin bearer, a sin bearer, he's a king. And he was there in the beginning. He was there with them before. For God's plan for the earth took place. Like this is, and I want to just, and you can chime in on this, right? This is not plan B. No. The Lord did not look at his son and go, right, because of sin, now you're going to have to be the answer. He said, this is the tree of life. Yep. You were meant to be the answer from the beginning. Yep. But because they chose knowledge of good and evil, they cut themselves off. So now you have to go and be life in flesh as well as the in spirit because this is what we've done we and this is what adam and eve did they you wanted to, to know to themselves the outside of jesus they wanted to know life outside of oh, jesus but you can't know life outside of jesus because he's living in you so and and he says this well we've got to let that yeah. one land this is it. See, we wanted to know who we are. We wanted to know what we're made for. We wanted to know what our gifts are outside of life. How oh can you have true goodness. quality of you life outside, outside of, of life? life? You can't. Or outside of Christ. So yeah. everything that we think life is, is subject to five senses. Thank you. Seeing, hearing, smelling, tasting, and touching. All those five senses are subject 
to addiction. What you see, you get addicted to. Get this out to somebody. You get addicted to. Tell what you five touch, people. you get addicted to. I'm losing my voice. Right, we got to get Let me say this. Let me say this. Let me say this. Whoever's listening, you need to tell five people. You need to tell five people, and their whole Christianity will change. If you know five people that need to hear this, then their whole Christianity will be challenged and changed. Can I also? Can I just quickly? I want to add this. So, because we get addicted to it, we have to have more of it. So I see the car. I think the car will bring me life. So therefore, I buy the car. Now the car's not good enough. I've got to get a bigger engine. I've got to get leather seats. I see the relationship. (laughs) I think that's going to give me life. Ah. So now the relationship, now I cheat. Now I, you know, now I fornicate. Now I'm an adulteress. I see the relationship in my family. I think my family will bring me life. Now my family hates me. My family breaks up. Here's a good one. Yeah. Ministry will give me life. This is it. So So because, and the science is because our senses are subject to endorphin release. Endorphin release is the release of the hormone that brings us pleasure and the the feel good, which leads to dopamine release. But my senses are subject to dopamine release control. That means if I live life based on what I see, smell, hear, taste, or touch, I will always be at the behest of an addiction. You're a drug addict. A different type of drug addict. See, whatever that is. I'm addicted to happiness. Yeah, there we go. Happiness, fulfillment, two different things. Yeah, so then we go through this whole phase of... uh, Happily ever after. Yeah. I want to live happily ever after mm, because mm, mm. that's what is the thing that you know, gets me high. That's the thing oh that my, I, I, my addiction is based on happiness and that, and, and not what we need to say. And I'll say it we always go from the book of Genesis. Always. Always. But let's go back even further when, before this was all played out, God was, Godhead was, it was always there. Jesus was in the garden. He didn't tell them, when you eat of the tree of life, you've mm. got a choice here. Yes, you make a choice. Make the right choice if you really want life because he was alive in the beginning, he's alive in the end, and he's alive in the middle of it all. So it's not that you make a choice to choose Jesus. Mm. You just get the chance to choose Jesus. You don't choose him and makes him come alive. He's alive there before ever there was. And what's powerful about this is Jesus says, no one can come to the Father except through me. Right. Right? I Mm -hmm. am the way, the truth, and the life. Mm -hmm. So, again, he's basically saying in that scripture, it was about me in the beginning 
It hasn't changed. God the Father's ultimate plan for ultimate life has always been Jesus. Yes. It he and I, and, I, and I, when I was reading this and learning this and and the Lord was beginning to pour out of me the what I'd learned in communion with God and how it ties in, it just showed me in my Christianity where I've tried to make something the ultimate way of living that is not Jesus. Like you mm. said, ministry, mm-hmm. oh. calling, destiny, talent, talent gifting. Can I, can I say or adding Jesus yes. to oh. make it the ultimate? Hey, guys, you don't add Jesus. Jesus was there. You don't add him to make your life fulfilled. So, Pastor, it brings us you into... You accept it. It brings us into what is the true meaning of sin. Yeah. Now, we know sin is distance from God, but I want to present a different definition. Sin is anything and everything yeah, come on, come on. that diminishes your quality of life from Jesus. Oh, Whoa. my goodness. Any mindset, any thought, any emotion, any action that takes away the quality of life that the Father established yep. in the start, which is Jesus. This wow. is what wow. sin is. And ever Shot since Adam gate. fell, we have been on a constant diminishing and decline of the quality of life. So now our quality of life, according to worldly standards, is like at an all-time low. But yet the Lord says, from the start, I've been the ultimate way. I never wanted you to know yourself without me. I never wanted you to know knowledge without me. Never, I never, never wanted, wanted you to you know, know evil. evil without me. Mm. I wanted to be the one to whom you came to learn everything. So even to the point where today out there in the world, you see it's so evil going on. He wanted to be the one to show you what evil is, what to do about evil, right. and how it works. But we've eaten from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And in doing that, we've missed and we've missed out on quality of life. Because the quality of life is a person. This is Mm. Jesus. I'm going to read this because I think this will help. I'm just just to stay with me. I said, we have actually had the pa- capacity with, uh, within ourselves, and I'm not talking about self-help, I'm talking because we're fused with Christ, to make our life as good as it can get. When we give belief to the life of having or being less than we are, our actions and behavior expressions of that belief are behavior, unbef- are, are behavior unbefitting of our true identity. This is when we move into merely existing and not living. Oh, Jesus. We are called to live life abundantly and not just manage or exist. God has always intended for the center of our life to be Jesus and his life everlasting. Even before the fall of Adam, the Lord centered the garden around the tree of life. This tree was and is Jesus. He is and always has been the focal point of all creation. It was always predestined that Jesus would always be God's ultimate way of life. Jesus is not an afterthought. It was always the plan from the beginning. 
Thus, because of sin, we fell out of harmony and alignment with knowing that Jesus was the only and ultimate way to life. Man chose knowledge over life, and we have existed in a state of decline in life ever since then. Only Jesus brought back the power to live life again by dying and resurrecting from the dead, right? The life that God offers does not change things on the outside in order that as our circumstances change, we become happier. God's life changes us on the inside so that as we become healthier and more whole on the inside, the world around us falls into harmony with who we are and what we are releasing from within us. Now, I want to introduce this concept of saying a prayer versus becoming the prayer. Oh, my goodness. Because there's, and the Lord's revolutionizing my idea of prayer. Because at a prayer meeting, you can pray for God to bring peace to the city, or you can pray for God to give you peace. And because you live in the city, the city will become peaceful because you're in it. Oh, my goodness. That's that's because. Both. But one goes to a greater revelation because if God brings peace to the city, then it's just a visitation. It's not an inhabitation. Yeah, because because then you tie it in to the abiding abiding in Christ's teaching, which is uh, when you're there because Christ is in you, right, then wherever you are, he's there. He's not going there. He's there. But we pray in such a way that we're always asking him to come in. And, yeah, and that means a a different thing now because we start to realise he was there in the beginning. Before even the Garden of Eden, he was there. And if we can get that then we start to pray different. We start to be the prayer, not necessarily praying. We're coming in touch with something now. The reality in, um, I think it was in communion, it's uh, coming in touch with that one that's there. Yes. Not bringing him in to come in touch with him. He's there. So what is it? It's not now saying, well, uh, we invite you in. It's, recognizing this is the big thing now Shania recognizing that he was always there always there that changes our life that changes our confession that changes our faith our belief system that changes us yes that (laughs) changes us because it's no more Grabbing to get, it's recognizing you have. Mm. And Pastor, before we go into the break, to add what you're saying, if I pray for something rather than pray to become something, when I pray for it, I'm void of all responsibility. How can I pray for peace in the city when I walk out of a prayer meeting and engage in anger towards my brother? The Lord says the peace starts with you, Nathan. You want your you want your city to be peaceful, then release peace. This is this is what we've got to take on, right? Contribute peace. 
you know? So how do we, and there are other things that we, like, you know, again, people, all these Christians at the moment, praying for revival. Where does the revival start? You. In them. Child. We need to go on a break. We need to go on a break. Guys, I don't, I don't need to say nothing else. That was enough for you to take that into consideration and really process that because, whoa, that that was just filled with gems to land within ourselves. And just thank you, Holy Spirit, for that. So stay tuned and we'll be right back. And the second announcement is that Connect Groups are resuming in April, the month of April, the year 2021. We believe that April is the month that God has shown us is all about connecting and reconnecting. So every second Thursday night, we're going to have special connect groups located in different locations, different boroughs, each so that everyone can get a chance, whatever borough they're in, to be a part of it. Also, we're going to be adding some special interest connect groups based on what God is calling you to or different prayer types and other things to come in the future. So we encourage you to join your connect group build connection, build godly fellowship and, you know, godly community and really lock in so that you can connect to your completion. We'll see you soon. God bless. Good news. Good news is Jesus. Was Jesus and will be Jesus. I'm laughing with this portal as we've been subportaling about just the addictive behaviors and just not having, you know, um, being drug addicts in different ways, even though it may not be substance abuse, we get addicted, especially in the age of social media which becomes very addictive of how people respond to you, what you're posting. It's all about your content being consistent and I can't stand it cause I just hate that stuff. But I also have felt, you know, the effects of being, Oh, they like this post. Let me post this type of thing again. Um, but I'm laughing because I'd so do this and just a regular little comical relief to it, I guess. It's like every time I'm doing something right and I'm just say I'm supposed to be on a journey on one thing, I find that I get so creative at all these random habits all of a sudden. Like I just bought myself some roller skates because apparently now I'm a roller skater, even though I'm supposed to be actually doing something else. <laughs> but it's just so funny because I also remember a word I got for you, Pastor Rob, you like, you would be bored if you did this thing. And I was just like, no, I wouldn't. I really want it, right? But as you're talking, I'm just thinking about all the times in my mind I would have been so bored <laughs> of doing this one thing. So I'm just laughing because and, and, a and lot actually, of us could be in this boat. This is what I said in my paper. I said, <laughs> I think if we thought if eternal life was just that we would live forever, I mean, that wouldn't be enough. And if you actually study Greek mythology, the gods that were immortal got sick of being immortal <laughs> and wanted <laughs> to be human that. beings yeah. and die. There you go. Oh, wow. Really? Actually, it wasn't enough. Yeah. Actually, one of the gods. Immortality. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm not totally correct on this because I need to study it more, but uh, I think Pastor Tim would be able to tell you uh, – in one of the Greek, you know, mythological stories, uh, Zeus 
the god of gods yeah. comes down and actually has sex with a woman and they produce the demigod, but Zeus does that because he got sick of not being able to... That's not the truth. No, no but see, but I'm saying even the concept of the false religions understand that eternity is not... Eternal meaning living forever, that doesn't... It's not what the human heart can say is the answer to life. Because then if you live forever, it's you're living forever without Jesus. Yeah. And this is what the Luciferians are trying to do. They're trying to live forever without Jesus. Mm-hmm. And living forever is not what... Okay, it's one aspect of being eternal. Yeah. But eternal is also tied up with the quality yeah. of how you live forever. And yeah. so I want to... Well, you can't separate it because in heaven... The quality is there, eternal. Exactly. Mm. So I'll quickly go back into reading this because I think it's um, powerful. Uh, Are people enjoying this? Give us some hearts, guys. Well, I know. There's so many statements here. Um, it says, mind-blowing, but it makes perfect sense since any life without Jesus is no life at all. That's true. And uh, Souffle says... How often have we heard people in the world say going to heaven would be boring because it would be no it would it would be an eternity without drama. Uh you can yeah. miss me with drama. <laughs> um and just so many people are just saying like uh purpose of life is relationship with Jesus. Um Good I always to wanted to that. know my purpose in life and this is bringing so much clarity. I agree a hundred percent. Yeah, because I think that's where I, I, you guys are really pinpointing something personal for me as Nate is finding this. Um, is that very thing? I I just keep getting this sense like there's bigger than what I am called to do in a sense of like okay, my craft and career. I just can't find the purpose in it yet because I'm thinking the purpose is the actual career. Yeah. Where the Lord now I'm realizing now I can go back to the Lord and ask what is the purpose through him of this career versus, oh, the purpose is for me to make it and live yeah. and, you I, know. I, I'll answer that to you, for you. Because one of the things as at, at, when I'm counseling people, mm-hmm. what always comes up when somebody says, I want to leave, I want to leave my job. I, mm. I want to find something better. I'm not satisfied there. I'm not happy there. Uh, or I'm not fulfilled there. Yeah. Forget the happy. Yeah. Let's go back to fulfill. Yes. Then we, I'm always counselling them along the area of, okay, I've heard what you've said. Now, why do you think Jesus might have put you there? Mm. Is he finished? Mm. He started something. Mm. Is he finished? Right. That's the purpose of you being in a certain place. If you're in a job, you need to know why God put you there. Yeah. Do you understand Mm -hmm. what I'm saying? And this is where we start to get the reality. Not am I finished. Are you finished, Lord? And look, I want to tell you something. Here's the greatest testimony that I could tell you was my mum, my adopted mum, she was uh, dying and uh, she got put into uh, Parramatta Hospital and um, 
she sort of uh, was, we were there praying that she would get saved and then she went into a coma and uh, we sort of just read the scriptures to her continually into her spirit. And then one day she just, she came alive just for a short time. So we were able to deliver her of death because she snarled at us like, it was the first sign she she went like that and it freaked everyone in the room. And we knew we were dealing with something. So we said, Lord, the purpose now is to set her free. So she goes home free. So she we delivered her and then the peace of God came upon her. Now she didn't die and you would have thought, okay, if that purpose is finished, now, Lord, we release her. She goes, right, to be with you because you have been with her yeah. the whole time. So she didn't die. And I'm saying, Lord, I need to know, have you finished? Have you finished? She put my mum in this hospital. She, uh, she got delivered. But is there more? Is there more? And I said, Lord, please fulfil the purpose for her to be here. We don't realise there is a purpose to be in certain places. And we're so busy looking at us being in those places, we can't see God's purpose in why we're yeah. there. Well, my mum, for the next week, the purpose came to pass. Within that week, there were two... Uh, two uh, we call them sisters in Australia. They're like nurses and you go to the next level, which is a sister. I, I'm sure you have different l names for them here. But it was someone who was in charge of the ward, okay? And two of those sisters came into her life. And uh, I went to visit her one night and I was praying and reading the scriptures to her. And uh, this new sister walked in and she got very uncomfortable. Very, very uncomfortable, guys. Yeah. So uncomfortable she ran to the washroom. And so when she came back, the Lord started speaking to me. And I said to her, you're running away from God. I knew nothing, Shania, about her story or anything, but the Lord started to unfold the purpose. Yeah. And she started to cry. And I said to her, you need to come back. You need to come back. He's always been there for you. Now you need to come back and be there for him. And so... She said, I can't. I can't. I've got this life. And I said, well, then ask him to forgive you and come home. Wow. Now, the other one, which was her partner, was working with her. She was not there that night. The next day she comes and I you know, I thought, I'm going to have a battle here. We're going to fight for sure. But guess what, Shania? She wanted Jesus to come home too. 
to her and for him to be there. And I said, he's always been there for you. You can receive forgiveness and you could go back to your family. Now, the story is they were both alternate lifestyles, but they were partners. They were partners. And one was married to a pastor in another state and had left the pastor to get involved with this young lady. The other one was the young lady who had been in one of the big mega churches but fell into this relationship. I want to tell you within the week, I've got to tell you this. Tell us. Within the week, both were baptised again. Both received deliverance. Mm. The one went back to church, which was over on the north shore of Sydney. And the other one, the family forgave and she went back home to her family and her husband. Then I said, Lord, is this finished now? Can my mum go home? And I said, His, have you fulfilled the purpose for her being mm. there? And within two days, she was gone. Wow. Do you get that? Yes. That means he wow. was there. He's in our, he's there. He's created for us to be there. Do you understand that job he created for you to be there? And you think you get to say, I've had enough of this job. You need (laughs) to ask God why he's there and why he wants you there. Which brings us to the importance of what is time used for. Like you look at this clock back here. What is this clock? Used for every Which day. It's on the wrong time. Yeah, it's on the wrong time. But <laughs> what is this clock used for? And this brings us now to the second expression of the quality of life. Okay, some people might be like, okay, I'm, 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 I'm downloading. I'm getting the quality of life. But why can't I get that quality of Jesus? I know that it's Jesus, but someone might ask, well, why am I not experiencing that quality of life? And now the next part is, he's not only life. He's light. And Mm. to have life, you have to live in light. Mm. Meaning you cannot have the quality of life when your choices and your decisions are not subject to the character of the one who gives life Mm -hmm. and who is life. So if you want to have life, you've got to live in light. Mm. Meaning... Your mind, your will, your emotions, your choices. I'll read a part that I wrote here. But the Lord said to me in a journal, he said, Nathan, time, yes, result of sin. There's a beginning and there's an end and things decay. He says, but what am I using time for today? I'm not using it to measure events. I use time every day to measure how much of me you let come forward. You know what? I'm getting out of here. I need to go move the car. 
That was too hot. So every oh, have to say that again. Every second of oh, the day, oh God uses yeah. time to measure how much of Jesus we let be our quality of life. See, we think time measures plans, events, circumstances, appointments. But if we were to let our time mindset be revolutionized to say, wow, time is being by use by you, Lord, to show the world where and when, how much are you reflecting and how much are you letting me live my life out through you right now? Like in the last hour, how much have you let Jesus live his life through you? Time is that measuring stick. It's that barometer. It shows you as a saint. Wow. See, because if you didn't have time, you would have no comparison to say, well, I haven't done it. So God uses time to show you, well, okay, well, in the last week time frame, you haven't really shone Jesus in this area. So this is the problem. We give the devil time to measure all our weakness, to measure all our inadequacy, yep. to measure all our pain, to measure all our, you know, all of these things that we've agreed with. And then what he does is he robs us of all that time that we could have given Jesus to show us the quality of life. So when you understand and the this, purpose of life. When you when you understand this concept, it revolutionizes time. Because now you see that well, because time is at the behest of the quality of life, which is Jesus, then it doesn't matter if I've wasted time, because he is time. So I'm not you know too what? old. Wow. I'm not too young. I'm not too this. I'm not too late and all the fear of missing out goes away, Pastor. That's right. Because you realize time is not given to manage or to measure events of life. It's and given it doesn't measure quality of life. Oh my God. This is becoming a drug. It's becoming a drug to find quality of life, but not the one who is quality of life. Oh my gosh. And this, oh, you guys are, oh my gosh. All the worldly standards always tell you, what are you doing with your time? Are you being productive? Are you doing this? Are you doing that? And oh my gosh. So the statement I have here, and I think this is Say a really it. key Say gym, it. it says, I can't embrace the life for ultimate happiness and yield to the thoughts or attitudes or behaviors that would diminish or neutralize the quality of life. Meaning, if something neutralizes Jesus and I think that that is giving me quality of life, it's really not life. So I can't embrace that for my life and think that that will bring me quality. Uh, a great um, uh, commentator you know, says, I want to read this quickly. Just that statement. Yeah, I want to explain it. Yeah, do that. Yeah. But you know how I, I often say pie in the sky when you die? That's, that's really, really where people think eternal life is all about. And so, you know, and, and the other say, statement is steak on the plate, mate. I'm waiting for heaven, but steak on the plate. I need to know. I need to experience heaven in my life now. I need to experience heaven. You know, these people that say 
the the doctrine of uh, you know you mentioned it in yeah kingdom now yeah kingdom now they want to experience heaven externally yeah right I, now I wanna they want heaven to uh, be their earth you know they want heaven to be their earth I'm not going to have heaven to be my earth I am going to heaven but I want to experience heaven now. Now, because it says, what God says, look, we're not, we're in the world, but we're not of it. Now, why are we not of it? Because we are experiencing heaven now, or we should be. Then we will know that he is with us, was with us, and will always be with us. This is so powerful, Pastor. Um, the Greek word for life is the word zo, and it's pronounced dzo. The word is more about quality of life than being alive. It is true and actual life, right? Now listen to this. Vine's Expository Dictionary points out, life is not a mere principle of power. It has moral association, which is inseparable from it. Therefore, catch this, because performance says earn, Therefore, it is our capacity to yield, not earn, the quality of life that exists in the kingdom that is inseparable from yielding to his character. What I mean by that is you can't have the fullness of the quality of life and try to separate that fullness without having to yield to the character of the one who is life. Yeah. You can't have life without his character. And you can't earn it. You've got to yield to it. And you've got to. Religion says to earn it. You can't replace it. We can't replace it with material things because eternal life is not about material things. It says says you're going to take nothing with you. Yes. Do you understand? It's not about material things. And so we can't replace it. There's, we just can let him live his life through us. Then we'll have eternal life. Yeah. And then we'll experience. And then, then when we're in heaven, we will have true eternal life forever. We can add to that. Eternal life forever. Wow. I just, I'm so thankful for this because this kind of came up in connect groups where someone um, was mentioning that they have, they sometimes feel like they can't witness because they don't have anything tangible to show for their belief. Mm. You know, they feel like they don't have, what I'm thinking now, the essential is the quality of life to show for it especially you know when we're struggling with certain things and we're not joy or can't express joy in certain times and things like that it feels like oh well i don't i don't even basically believe what i'm preaching in the sense of when i'm ministering to people and i i'm thankful because i i was in agreement with that person saying these things because i was like yeah sometimes i do feel insecure where i'm like if somebody was to be like, well, if God's so good, then why don't you have this career? Why don't you do this? And I know oftentimes the world pressures us yeah. to feel that way. But essentially, you guys are hitting that on the head, which is it's the quality of life that 
is the important thing when we are ministering to people. And that is what it's like to show Christ through us um, when we're ministering to people versus, oh, my life has to be in this penthouse suite and all the tangible things. And this is what I realized, like, because I know the whole concept of demonization and strongholds. And, you know, as someone that's grown up in that whole flow of teaching, that's it's nothing I question, but I've always asked the Lord, but why is it so important to not believe that I'm rejected? Why is it so important okay, to not believe? Okay, I think believe, this is what we should finish you know, with. Why is it so important to believe that I'm loved? Because if I believe something that separates me from the character of Christ. There it is. There it is. I there can't it is. have life. Rejection is not in his character. And because he says you'll... You are accepted in the beloved. Yes. So you can't have that. Yep. And say so that you have Christ. Not in his character. This is some area you haven't got him that he's always been there to have him. And this pastor, I went to the Lord and I said, Lord, this revolutionized because at the end of our paper, we're also um, told to journal. And he said, Nathan, if you can grasp this, this will revolutionize the scripture that says he rebukes and chastises those that he loves. Yeah. Because you'll begin to see correction it's as not a rejection. quality of life direction. Yeah. You won't see, wow, okay, because I don't look like the character of Christ in, in this that area. area, I need to be corrected and chastised so that my character can align with his character so I can truly live. So I'm so walking I get the best. And, I'm walking and talking Jesus. So I get the best. So I'm got the big God in me and I'm the little God. So so you begin to think, wow. Because why I said I'm the little God, it's because I'm part of his family. Yes. And you begin so, to think, Pastor, wow, I'm, this you know, thing that I've entertained is not the best. It's separate from the character of Christ. Therefore, I can't have any kind of life without yielding to the character of the one who is life. Yeah. So rejection, not the best. Yeah. Disappointment, not the best. Yeah. Anger, not the best. Guilt, not the best. Yeah. Bitterness, not the best. So what are we seeing Ooh. here? We, we see every part of our physical being is bursting to look like Jesus. She's so overwhelmed. She's I'm, pre- I'm losing the button. the button. I don't even know where the button is. I need to say Jesus now. I need to. I need We're to have Jesus <laughs> on the button. <laughs> I need to say Jesus on the button. Yes, yes. I don't want to take the glory. Put Jesus <laughs> on right. the button. That says Jesus. <laughs> exactly. So uh, this is it. Jesus. And, and how you? I'm sorry. Bring that out. Yeah. Is through when you say science. Yeah. Proves it. Yeah, because if you live at the behest of your five senses, nothing will ever satisfy you, ever. And you'll always need to have drug more. more. Because the way the body works is you get the first fix. To keep the body going. But then the body goes back and says, give me more. So it builds an intolerance to the first fix. And what used to get you satisfied doesn't get you satisfied anymore. So you go into darker relationships. You go into worse things. And before you know it, your capacity to live, now you're just existing. Mm-hmm. 
day to day, you're just managing. Mm-hmm. You're just getting from one high to the next. And that's not living. No. And I, I'm learning this with the Lord. It's not living if you're just existing. And yeah. I'm so excited. Connect group is this week. I'm and that's so when we need to come back to his role, his life. He's not only the way. You know, we honestly will come back to such things, Shania, as he's the way. Yes, we get that, right? He's the truth. Now we're getting that. Now we need to touch this one, and that is he is the life. Yeah. Hey, it's not him and me living together. No, 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 no. No, I'm just carrying the life as a container. I'm allowing the life to pour through me as a vessel. Oh, you just said, oh, my gosh. You, well, you can hear did, you ca- did somebody catch it? Tell, come on, somebody. Did somebody just catch what she just said? And as an instrument, <sighs> he plays. Yes, he plays me. He plays me. And is the sound that I produce his sound? We talked about this in the key, the portals. Or is it in the key of God or is it in the key of me? <laughs> Hallelujah! That's what I <laughs> finish. Because what I oh my lord, how I agree and how I choose will determine what key it comes out in. Yeah, can it come out in a right key or yeah. maybe an off key? Oh Jesus! Oh my lord, my phone just fell. Pastor Sonia just told me that we are welcoming in our dipping night family that's online now. And if you're watching Dipping Night, please come join us. We are just discussing <laughs> what true quality of life is. And maybe this is a prophetic timing for you. Yep. Maybe, maybe we're going to turn things upside down too. Maybe you need to hear this message a little bit more than you need to hear a word because you're looking at life and trying to get quality out of things that are never going to bring you quality of life. We just discussed for an hour and a half the quality of Two life hours. is Jesus. If you think a career, <laughs> if you think a marriage, if you think a purpose, a Finances. ministry, a destiny, a calling is going to give you quality of life, friends, we all have done it. We are sadly mistaken. You cannot have quality of life except from Jesus. He is the answer. He's always been the answer. He's not a result of sin. He was always the way to the Father. Yeah. Always from so the beginning. Didn't just come. He didn't just come on the cross. I hate that when people say that that the plan B that he came as a result of sin. And that, that means oh. that sin is the one who introduced Jesus oh. in my life. Uh, I never heard that concept, but I believed it. Jesus, that, I never it, heard it, it, it but it, I I can't say I don't believe not it. Sin did not introduce Jesus. me to Jesus. And I rebuke that in the name of Jesus. I don't have Jesus. I don't want to have any association with that nope. to know Jesus. Not at I all. know Jesus who sets me free from sin, not to introduce That's me right. to him. He's always evil been. doesn't introduce good. Mm. And that's where I'm going to go tonight on open Ooh, eyes. Jesus. Where it's happening. Can I read my, uh, I'll read a paragraph of my journal because I want to show you how when you ask the Lord to speak to you, he can begin to let you hear his heart. You know, journaling sometimes you go to the Lord and you want to hear him talk about what you're feeling. But in this journal, the Lord says, no, I want to talk about what I'm feeling. 
And so I said, Lord, what do you want to say to me concerning the truths of this paper that I've written? He says, my son, I am showing you that I am life and life abundantly. Your version of life and what you would settle for is not the fullness of what I want you to experience. Cling to my life and let me continue to live out through you so that you can see you are more than just merely existing in me. There are still areas where your knowledge and your experiences are framing your quality of life. But son, I want you to let me show you the areas in your heart where you need to continue to yield to me. Remembering you cannot have the fullness of life without yielding to my character. These are one in the same. They are knitted together and cannot be separated. Nathan, begin to let me reveal those belief systems that have tied you in knots and stopped you from living life abundantly. Focus on me and my goodness. Focus on my love for you. And let, here's the key. This is what I really want to finish with, Pastor. This is how, how do you change? You don't focus on sin. No. Let my that's, love for that's you. That's in my courses. And there it is. And my power of my Holy Spirit transform you. You learned about heightened emotion this week and how to move from hyper to heightened. I want to show you to come to me with your emotion and let me exchange it. Let me intensify your emotion to move you beyond the point of feeling to the point of action. Don't worry anymore about trying to remove sin or change behavior patterns for you cannot. You need to focus on beholding me, beholding my glory, and letting the salvation that you seek continue to be internal before it can be external. These are still, there are still wounds of the past that I am healing and memories that have embedded them per, in your personalities that were not birthed from my spirit. As I begin to reveal what you need to let go of and break agreement with, Continue to do so, but I will show you step by step, breath by breath, just focus on me. Wow. Amen. Amen. You know, Pastor, um, here's one I want us to think about, and that is uh, we were saying there are, there are places, you know, our body, our anger, this is not Jesus, so... This doesn't look like him. He's not expressing himself there. And then there's the other one. When he, You know when Jesus rebuked the disciples and said, O ye of little faith? Uh, you remember that? That wasn't Jesus looking. They weren't looking like Jesus. They were with yeah. him. They were with him. When you're with something, you take the image on, of it. And, and they... They had little faith in this. And so faith, little faith, doesn't cause us to look like Jesus either. And uh, another one is uh, fear. It doesn't cause us to look like Jesus. We know spirit of fear God didn't give to us, and yet we take it and we go into the image of it. We like the image of the devil a lot more sometimes. Maybe it helps with the drug addiction. 
Get off this mic. Give me a mic. You got, <laughs> just give me a mic at this point. Just I think that this is... Yield your mic over. <laughs> uh, you want me to yield? <laughs> yield your mic. This That's no, so true, I'm, Pastor, because if, if we really wanted the image of Jesus, then we'd have to give up the drugs. Yeah, we will. See, the image of Satan lets us hold on to the excuse... And then oh, my Lord, stop. I'm yielding my and mic. And last I to, night I need to get we, off this we talked about something when we did theology talks. We did the podcast on that. And something that it really, you know, it touched me and I was concerned about it. It didn't touch me in a good way. It touched me with great concern. It was that what Luciferians believe Christians are believing. I'm sorry. Where's the image of Jesus in any of that? Come on, you Christians. It's time to look at what you believe. Really is. You have nothing in common with Lucifer. Nothing whatsoever. And Pastor, I want to finish, and then I'm going to, this is the last thing I'm going to say. I learned. And I, no, not I learned. The Holy Spirit told me this week. He said, Nathan, if you focus on me, it's actually the strongest warfare. He said, because the devil can't stand my image. Hates he it. can't go where I am. He hates who I am. If you focus on you, he can be there all day. Yeah. But if you get into my presence and you focus on my goodness, my faithfulness, my character, me. who I am, me, my presence, it's a repellent to the enemy. It's an actual repellent. He can't, he can't go into that place and behold Christ. Amen. He can behold you. But he can't behold him. And only we can. And God made it that way. That's why I say nothing else was made in his image but us. That's it. God bless you guys. Yep, after that segment, your mind is being blown. Well, wait till you listen to it again and again. Look, we know that you won't be able to get all these gems in one viewing, so you're gonna need to watch it a couple more times to let it land. Head on over to TorqueTV.org to watch this portal and all the others, exclusively whenever you want, as many times as you want. This means gem after gem gets to blow your mind. We have unique subscription options that will suit you. So it's easy for anyone to watch. Torque TV. Hit that button, baby. Hello everyone on Talk TV. I'm glad you're a subscriber to that great app and uh, it's a real great way to learn about our Lord and Saviour Jesus Christ through uh, some of the, uh, you know, the uh, methodologies that we make available to you and the shows that we make available to you. Uh, you may know me as Pastor Tony Cassis. I'm one of the pastors at Times Refreshing Christian Centre. And um, I've just started a new program called Theology Talks. I'd love you to join me in this, um, in this new venture because we're talking about some really important doctrines of the Bible 
and some of the false doctrines that are coming forward in these last days that really need to be addressed and corrected. So during the show, I'm going to have Dr. Robin Cassis, my, my wife, as a regular guest. It's always good to get her input. But also we'll be having um, other leaders from Talk New York and some students from the School of Apostles and Prophets as guests as we progress with the show. I'm glad to uh, answer questions in between. We'll make that available to you. So please join us at uh, Theology Talks, available on our Talk TV app. God bless. Hey everyone, thanks so much for listening to this episode of the Portals Podcast. We hope you were encouraged, uplifted and challenged to go deeper in your relationship with Jesus. To get the latest episode, don't forget to subscribe to the Portals Podcast either via iTunes, Spotify, Anchor or your talk app. Why don't you go ahead and share this with someone that you know needs to hear these life-changing truths that were revealed today. Or you can even tell us how it affected you by leaving us a comment or a review. We look forward to being with you again shortly. Until next time, God bless.